listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. You're ready to launch yourself to the latest Rock News. You are listening to the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I'm your host, Lashar Binkley. I'm a staff writer for The Dream Shake. And as usual, you can find me on Twitter at H-Time-For-Life-40, all caps. Be sure to follow the official Apollo Media account at Apollo H-O-U as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We will greatly appreciate it. And on today's show, we have a, a very special guest, uh, one of the uh, main go-to guys, especially during this time of year, during the trade deadline, we appreciate him jumping on. Um, we know he's extremely busy this time of year. Uh, we are joined by Jake Fisher of the Bleacher Report. Um, first off, thank you for jumping on here um, and talking to us on the launch pad. You got it. Thank you for having me. How are things? Oh, things are going well now that we're finally uh, able to connect. Um, but uh, before we get started here, why don't you just uh, give everybody a, a brief background of how you got started in all this? Yeah, um, I, I, I played basketball semi-competitively uh, yeah. throughout my high school days um, and then realized pretty quickly I wasn't going to be taking it too, too far. So <laughs> yes, my high school paper, went to school, um, I interned at Boston Globe and Slam Magazine and got the SI before my senior year of college. And then I was at Sports Illustrator for a bit, covering the NBA, um, started working on my first book, which came out this May or this past May, May 2021, uh, Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever, um, which primarily focused on the Sixers and the Celtics and the Magic and the Kings yeah. and the Suns trying to tank for that 2014 draft and the ramifications of that which leads to, you know, greater difficulties for the, the current tanking Houston Rockets. <laughs> yes. Uh, trying to get, um, you know, it, it was much easier back in the 25% lottery days uh, to tank for that number one pick. So, um, yeah, Bleach Report reached out January 2021, and that's uh, been a nice year in the, in the transaction game. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk some trade deadline here today. So let's get into it. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, I, I actually downloaded your book on Audible and kind of halfway through it. And it, it definitely pertains to a lot of what's going on with the Rockets now. And I think the rules were kind of changed like right before the Rockets actually yeah. got into the tanking mode. So it's definitely an interesting book. And I definitely would encourage a lot of Rockets fans to go out there and check it out. Um, but yeah, like you said, um, we are definitely going to jump in here to the um, trade deadline and how it pertains to the Houston Rockets. And of course, I wanted to start off with probably the most popular name out there when it comes to the Rockets is Eric Gordon. Mm -hmm. um, he's He's been mentioned in several different trades, different possibilities. But what's like the latest you've heard as far as um, how interested teams are and what exactly the Rockets, we know what the Rockets uh, would like is a first round pick, but what are you hearing as far as what are teams offering? The Rockets definitely would like a first-round pick, and they are telling teams that they're going to get a first-round pick. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of teams I've talked to who are interested in Eric Gordon have postured or have suggested that the Rockets are posturing and that they might not necessarily have that first-round pick in their pocket. Like, they're saying they are, and they're just confident they're going to get it. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a kind of a dearth of – uh, sellers in this market right now, right? There's really yes. only the Rockets and the Thunder and the Magic and the Pistons 
um, who are, I might be missing one team, but who are like guaranteed automatic sellers. And from, I mean, the Portland's, the Sacramento's of the world, like they're still potentially buyers here. Um, so, I mean, the Kings are going to be buyers. So Eric Gordon has a lot of value being a playoff tested veteran. Um, you know, his money, depending on who you talk to is, is decent, right? He's not yes. one of the albatross $25 million contracts, but that $18 million number is, is a little high for some people's liking, but I mean, you consider the fact that, uh, he um, plays two ways. He can create off the dribble. He was kind of the Rockets, you know, backup point guard during the Harden days in the playoffs, right? Um, the three-point shooting is obviously at a at a near career level right now. Um, he's clearly playing his way like he wants to play somewhere else. So um, I, I'm bullish for the Rockets that they that they will be able to get a first. But for now, I mean, I think if they had a first-round pick already offered for him, the deal would have already been done. Um, so that's, again, that's just an educated guess. I'm not saying that they have been definitively offered one. Um, so for now, I mean, I know the teams that I've, that I've talked to, I mean, Cleveland, for example, like, like they've offered their, the Rockets second round pick back, which is basically a first and, and Houston said, no, that they want more. Um, so I think that's kind of where things stand right now. And do you think, um, saying that, do you think that the Rockets um, would be fine just holding on to Eric Gordon um, until this offseason and probably, you know, revisiting trades at that point? Probably. Um, I mean, he's they've held on to him this long. He's always been kind of considered a good culture guy. I mean, he's quiet, right? Like, he's yeah. kind of just a lead by example, comes in professional, does his work type of guy. Um, and I know – um, there's been there's a there's a close connection between him and John Lucas, and, and Lucas really values him as being a kind of lead by example, role model type guy for their player development program. So I'm sure they'd be happy to, to hold on to him. I think that's why they're only moving him for when they really that's why they're saying they're only going to move him when they get the right price. Yeah, and of course, Eric Gore is not the only rocket. Um, like you said earlier, Rockets are one of the few teams that's definitely going to be sellers at the deadline. Um, another player that's um, been mentioned um, a lot, especially here in Houston, because he's become a polarizing figure for one reason or another, is Christian Wood. Mm -hmm. um, have you heard anything? Or what's the latest as far as the market for Christian Wood? Because it's kind of hard to determine that right now because he played a lot better last year. He's played better recently, um, even though he struggled a little bit earlier in the year. Then he had the incident in the locker room um, that he got suspended one game for. Uh, how is the interest around the league and what exactly have uh, teams been offering for Christian Wood? The, the polarizing word you used, um, I think, is more apt for the Rockets fan base and the true definition of the <laughs> yes. word. Polarizing, I love him or you hate him. I think in the NBA, his his value is very checkered. Um, you know, there are definitely teams who would be curious to add him for a decent price. I mean, the one team that keeps coming up that has come up a lot has been Miami, but that was really loud last week. And in the calls I've made, I probably talked to 10, 15 people who work for teams uh, the last day and a half or so, not including, you know, agents and other media types. Um, and uh, I'd say like literally no one has brought up Christian with Miami this week, but a lot of people brought it up last week. So yes. I don't know if that means it's died out or it was just new then or whatever. A lot of times um, in these trade call uh, trade rumor calls, you know, frameworks of deals start to get mentioned after they get taken off the table. So maybe that's what that case was. Um, 
but I, I just the Rockets are kind of valuing him like the Pacers are valuing Miles Turner. Yeah. And I just that is not how the NBA views Christian Wood. Um, there are certain people who are very big fans, but um, he just he has not produced in a winning environment yet. And that is cert- that is something that I've heard echoed from a lot of teams that, that are that are curious about him. Um, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll see if they're actually are able to get a deal that they are commend that that is commensurate with what, how they value him. Cause you got to remember what Christian Wood, the Rockets traded Jared Allen as part of the, the James Harden deal to Cleveland. Yes. because They did not think he would was a good fit with Christian Wood. That's how much they valued Christian Wood at that time. So that's also important context to, to always consider when you think about what the Rockets asking price will be for him. And, and one other thing on Christian Wood, do you think the fact that um, one way or another, he's going to be getting a pay raise um, this his next contract negotiation, whether it's, I mean, I know a lot of things been said about him possibly getting max contract. At least that's what he wants. Um, hmm. But do you think that other teams are looking at that and, and saying that, well, we wouldn't mind having a Christian Wood, but we really don't want to pay him John Collins money or something like that. I'd, I'd find – I think he'll find it hard to get yeah. much more than 18 to $20 million. Yeah. That's a lot of money, right? Good for yes. him. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, there, there are people – there are definitely teams who think he's overpaid right now, you know? Um, so, for him to think he can get John Collins money, I'd be – I mean, next year's free agent market is probably going to be a lot wider than this in terms of teams that actually have cap space. Um, but the 2023 free agency crop is not highlighted by Christian Wood by any stretch. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that's what um, a lot of Rockets fans were wondering as far as his upcoming contract, and I think that's kind of why he's been a polarizing figure here because a lot of Rockets fans are concerned that he'll be asking for a significant pay raise. Um, Of course, the Rockets have several other veterans um, on their team, um, Daniel Tice, David Nwaba, DJ Augustine. Out of those three vets, um, is there any interest around the league as far as a uh, possible trade for any of those? There's been a lot of talk on Daniel Tice. Um, Milwaukee, Charlotte, Toronto, Boston's come up for sure. Um, I think the, the, the fact that the big market is pretty small right now and the price for the, for the Pacers bigs is so high – um, it's forcing teams that are looking for big man help to call Boston for Robert Williams, to call yeah. uh, Houston about Daniel Tice, so to call San Antonio about Jakob Pertl. So I, I think there is a very strong chance that Tice gets moved. He is on a, a, a deal that is probably at the maximum of what he's worth, yes. right? But he's locked into that for the next couple of years, and the salary cap's only going up. So he should, in theory, be viewed as – a pretty positive value contract over the course of that contract, um, which I think also makes it pretty likely that he can get dealt. And you think pretty much is the ceiling is a, probably a second round pick or somewhere in that area for Daniel Tice? Yes. I, I can't imagine they're going to get a King's ransom for him. Yes. <laughs> um, and I mean, that definitely makes sense, but any interest at all as far as with uh, David Nawab, I know he hasn't played a lot this year or DJ Augustine just because, his value as a possible backup point guard on a contending team. For sure. Um, those names have not come up yet, yeah. but um, they're possible for everything you just said, right? A team looking for a third guard. DJ Augustine's been there. He's done that. 
Nawaba clearly has athletic upside on both sides of the ball. Um, if someone's looking to create uh, depth on the wing, but yeah, those names have not come up on my end yet. And, and of course, I mean, we can't go on too far without mentioning John Wall. Um, his name hasn't been said as much lately here in Houston, even though Rafael Stone did mention yesterday that they're not really comfortable talking about their situation for whatever reason. They didn't really go into it too much um, on a local Houston sports radio show here on 790. But what have you heard? Uh, have you or have you actually heard anything else besides what we heard maybe a week or two ago where the Rock, it was reported the Rockets were interested in a possible wall for Westbrook trade again? Um, this time Westbrook coming back to Houston, um, if he was willing to do a buyout. Have you heard anything different, or did you actually hear um, that yourself as far as uh, any of your calls that you made to uh, different execs? Yeah. Um, you know, I think a part of the – it was explained to me that a part of the calculus for Houston trading Russell Westbrook for John Wall in the first place was that they thought that that was back when the Rockets wanted to still be contending, right? Yes. At least competing for the playoffs. And that the Rockets thought that John Wall at that time would be less amenable to a buyout than Russell Westbrook because they wanted Wall in Houston. So it is funny how these situations seem to change uh, pretty quickly here in the NBA. Um, so, I mean, I do think that's part of the Rockets main intrigue into doing this deal. Now, if, I mean, John Wall, by all indications has given zero, uh, indication for lack of an echo there uh <laughs> that, uh he he's, has any interest in taking a buyout deal um russell westbrook meanwhile i think he would I, th I think it's been it's been communicated to me that he probably he probably would be more um open to especially you know after this season um to get out of the, if he if, you know to spend the rest of this year in houston kind of I mean, he might not even have to play just like just like with john wall I and mean, then he can get a buyout this summer like that sounds like a pretty ideal situation to me if I'm Russ and I want to get out of LA. Um, but I, I doubt the Lakers, I mean, they continue to offer that first round pick with Taylor Horton Tucker um, and Kendrick Nunn around the league. So um, I doubt they're looking to use that pick to get, to get off of Russ. I think they're looking to use that pick, which like, like Mark Stein reported um, would be the only real reason for Houston to do that outside of the, the buyout aspect. Um, I don't think the Lakers are too motivated to use that in order to to clear up the situation. I think they're only looking to use it to add to it. So basically the Lakers um, in any wall for Westbrook trade are pretty much just looking for a straight up um, swap and not necessarily, or not necessarily their first round pick. Yeah. I, I mean, they would need to get back that Lakers draft capital in return. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, which definitely makes sense. And, you know, when I mean, you're looking from a Rockets standpoint, because at this point, yeah, like you said, John Wall has pretty much been quiet and it hasn't really caused too much of an uproar as far as not playing. So I guess, yeah, in the Rockets case, they would definitely want some type of draft capital back. Um, I know that, you know, we only have you for a short period of time. So um, instead of just giving 20 segments, we're going to go right into my next question here. Um, uh, another situation I want to ask you back about because it actually does affect the Rockets in the long term is the James Harden situation. Um, we uh, recently reported that James Harden possibly would be looking for another destination come up because he really hasn't ever been a really a free agent uh, at any point in his career. Um, so are you still hearing that as far as it's a possibility that he may move on to a Philadelphia or another team, especially if they don't win this year with all the problems they've had around Brooklyn? 
Yes, that that's not gone away. It's not going to go away. And I think that the 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 easiest path for that to go away is Brooklyn winning the title this year. Yes. And and do you think that um, is there any chance that all three of them will be back next year, considering all the issues they've had with Kyrie Irving? He does have a player option coming up. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, a lot of things would have to go right for all. I mean, they had a clear goal of re-signing all three of those guys. Yes. Only Kevin signs, and it, can, it increasingly continues to look less and less likely that all three of them will be there next year. Okay, yeah. And now, again, like I was saying, that definitely affects the Rockets as far as their upcoming draft picks, um, maybe even sooner than most people thought, which would definitely help out the Rockets in their you know, long-term rebuild. Uh, one more question I want to ask you before we have to let you go is about uh, Ben Simmons. Of course, we saw another report come out that said that Ben Simmons was fine with continuing to lose money as he as he's not playing. Um do you think there's still a chance that he is traded for this deadline, or do you think pretty much most of those deals are are drying up? Because I saw that he was linked to, and I think that you actually reported that he was at some point he was linked to teams like Atlanta or Sacramento. Do you think that's still a possibility? For Ben Simmons? Sorry, you broke up there. Oh, yes, for Ben Simmons. Anything's possible, but it it see I, I would be very surprised if Ben gets yeah. to the deadline. That that's been my that's been my stance all along. Everything I've heard from the get-go, the, the Sixers are not going to move him until one of those guys becomes available. Dame, James Harden, Bradley Beal, Jalen Brown. I mean, you go down the list. It's that they're they're holding that chip, if you will, until another team puts one of those guys on the table. And uh, one more quick question before we let you go uh, back on James Harden. If they don't win a championship this year, do you think Philadelphia is in the driver's seat as far as um, bringing him in next year? I would think so. All the connections with Daryl Morey, minority owner Michael Rubin, um, you know, he was very open to going to Philly when those trade conversations were happening with Brooklyn as well. And Joel Embiid has only since then become even more of an MVP candidate. So I, I'd have to imagine he's very intrigued by the opportunity of teaming with Joel. All right. And again, thank you. I definitely appreciate you jumping on. I know you're short on time, but before we go, could you just let everybody know where they can find all your great content? For sure. Thank you again for having me. Give me the platform. Rockets fans, I'm at Bleach Report once a week at minimum. Whenever something else pops up, we usually get on top of that. My book, like you mentioned, uh, Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Change League Forever is available anywhere books are sold. Um, thank you again for having me. Yeah. Good luck uh, the rest of the week and ahead of the trade deadline here. I definitely appreciate it. We're all going to probably need it here in Houston. Uh, thank you again, Jay, for jumping on. Um, that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you've already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And as always, thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back for our next episode of Launchpad Podcast covering your Houston Rockets.